The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Back here on Analyze This, and I want to thank Mr. Kyle Fleming for a solid uh, power hour. Uh, normally, we do it on the first Friday of the month, but um, I was not available last week, Friday, so we knocked it out uh, this morning. And before we move on to the Montessori School, I just want to give some uh, programming updates. Tonight uh, at 10 p.m., Celine Dion uh, taking chances world tour, the concert, and you can relive the magical moments of Celine Dion's record-breaking sold-out 2008-2009 Taking Chances World Tour. With her first Las Vegas residency barely over, Celine embarked on a new global conquest. Her tour tour opened on February 14th, 2008 in South Africa and then rolled through Asia, Australia, Europe, Canada, and the U.S., five continents, 25 countries, 93 cities and over 3 million spectators. This extraordinary tour broke attendance records at venues around the world, surrounded by musicians and dancers for this monumental multimedia, state-of-the-art concert production. Celine performs her greatest hits on stage from the energetic opening track, I Drove All Night, to the moving and emotional grand film ballad, My Heart Will Go On. Celine demonstrates once again that she is a true showwoman giving herself entirely to her audience. That's tonight, Friday, March 10th at 10 p.m. on Channel 12. Tomorrow, Les Miserables. Les Miserables, right? Let me check pronounce that correctly because I got uh, Montessori School in here this morning and I want to make sure I, I, I know what I'm talking about. Les Miserables, right? The stage concert, that's tomorrow night, okay? Uh, uh, at 7 p.m. on Channel 12 and join the stellar cast for a stage concert of the beloved music musical that became a world worldwide phenomenon seen by over 120 million people. The magnificent score includes the songs I Dreamed a Dream, Bring Him Home, One Day More, and On My Own. So, I got another programming update as well, I believe for Sunday, because Sunday is the, the last day for this quarter's PBS National Pledge Drive that began on February 24th, and it runs through March 12th. 2023. So joining me uh, this morning, um, we got um, my good friend, Mr. Wayne Huddleston, who um, actually is our CBA guru, but he's <laughs> here in a different capacity this morning, and he's joined by Miss Tracy Coles, who is the head of school at uh, St. Croix Montessori. So I want to say uh, good morning, Madam Head of School. How are you? I'm Pl- doing well. Pleasure to meet you. Get a little closer to the microphone so the public can hear that powerful voice of yours. <laughs> Uh, all is well? All is well. That's what I'm talking about. Mr. Huddleston, what's up, man? Good morning. Good to see you. Yeah, man. Been a while. I know. Yeah, man. That's, that's good. So before I get to Montessori, what's what's the matter with the word principle? It's, it's, no, it's not good anymore? Are we so sophisticated that schools don't use principal anymore? It's head of school? Because I know uh, uh, my good friend, uh, he's no longer at the um, Gift Hill School, uh, Mr. Mills. 
Ken Mills, uh, he also used that terminology. So since when did we transition from principal to head of school, or is it interchangeable? I think it's interchangeable. A lot of time private schools or independent schools use head of school, mm-hmm. and public schools use principal. They're both still used. Okay. So you're, you're a principal? Yes, essentially. <laughs> okay, good. And and how's school? How's, how's St. Croix Montessori? St. Croix Montessori. Where's it located, and what's your, what's, your, what's your school population and all that stuff? St. Croix Montessori is... A wonderful place to be. Mm-hmm. It's located in Orange Grove, okay. so back behind, I guess, McDonald's. Yeah. Um, we have about 45 students, okay. and we have a waiting list. We have students from age 3 to age 12, and uh, we have two classrooms, a primary classroom and an elementary classroom. Okay. What makes Sincrema Montessori different and unique? Well, Montessori itself is different and unique. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a more natural way of learning. It follows the child. And so learning and experiencing things, exploring, those are all very natural things. And in a Montessori world, we allow kids to do that in a more natural way. And um, St. Croix Montessori is different because it is just a wonderful, close-knit family culture. It's a beautiful place to be. Okay, good. Mr. Hardison, um, your association with Montessori School, give us a little background there and, and the role you're playing right now. Right. Uh, as you know, I, I came here to work for SBA eight years ago, and that's been my passion, working with businesses in the community and helping just territory uh, grow uh, as its economy. But as my son grew up, my son was born right as I came down here. And as we were looking for schools, initially I just stumbled upon Montessori. It's the closest school to my building. So yeah. I, I put them in there. But I really grew to very much appreciate and understand the Montessori method and think that is one of the best ways that we can educate kids and prepare them for future success at that early age. So I became very involved in the school. And then shortly before the pandemic, I was asked to join the board. And we went through, of course, all schools. Everybody went through a lot of transitioning through COVID and all sorts of things. Um, but did a lot of research looking not only at the other Montessori schools in this territory, but on St. Croix, but also St. Thomas, and started looking for ways we can improve education on St. Croix um, in more ways. And so we are embarking on a very ambitious plan to grow not only Montessori education on St. Croix, but grow beyond that as well. Uh, and it's very, very exciting. We brought on Tracy uh, about a year, nine months to a year ago. And she has been fantastic pushing us forward on that plan. Three to 12. Tell us about that. Uh, the, Mon- the Montessori method is mixed age groups. So each classroom is three years. The primary classroom is three to six, three years old to six years old. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the elementary is six to 12. So for next year, we're actually going to split that into lower elementary and upper elementary. Okay. So they'll both have about a three-year split. So... You said three to six, and then six to twelve. So we're, we're going to what six to we're going to have a six to nine within the six to twelve uh, uh, age group. That's right. So it'll oh. be six to nine, and then it'll be nine to eleven instead of twelve because we're adding a sixth grade for next year. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. So we got preschool, right? Mm-hmm. Three, four, three, four, and five. That's right. That's preschool. We're going to have low elementary, mm-hmm. six, seven, and eight. You're going to have upper elementary, nine and. No, six, seven, eight, and nine, right? Um, 
yeah, six years old to nine years old, yeah. and then upper elementary is nine years old to 11, to years, 11 old. years old. There's some overlap there yeah, so that the teachers yeah. and the students can make that move when they're ready. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's important because you're going to have students who are just more, they can grasp, grasp things. I don't want to say more intelligent, but just they, have, they grasp things a little quicker uh, than, than, than the rest of the class. Right, yeah. right, and sometimes one student might not, grasp something as quickly but mm -hmm. then when they do they run with it yeah. so you're right it's not a it's not a question of intelligence mm -hmm. it's more a question of development okay good mr huddleson you said you you looked at the montessori way yes um that's the montessori school that's out on the east end in st thomas right yeah. you, you 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 ever been to the montessori school? oh i've been to yeah virgin island montessori school it's fantastic yeah, yeah that's yes. that's heading out there matter yes. of fact i got i got a story to tell you about that huh. we're out there in November of 2007, and there's a fundraiser for then-candidate, Democratic candidate Barack Obama, and um, we're at the Ritz-Carlton, which is on the same mm -hmm. road, Right. and we noticed when we were leaving the Ritz-Carlton, candidate Obama at the time, then-candidate, uh, he actually stopped at the Montessori school. I didn't know that. Yeah, That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's and, great. Uh, yeah, because uh, the, some of the folks who put the, um, the fundraiser together, they had contacts, you know what I'm saying? So they had, these young children had the ability to, to meet a future president. That you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so, so that was... That was, that was cool. That was in November. They've they've grown a lot since then. Good <laughs> opportunity to reach out yeah, to him and show him. It, it seemed like yesterday, but that's fifteen plus years ago. I mean, right. time is really really flying. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> right. but but uh, you know you know we got so we got some contacts uh, here in it in the, in the territory. Now, what is the biggest uh, academic attribute of the Montessori way? In your opinion, is cool. The biggest academic attribute. Um, so I've just recently read a couple studies on Montessori school and mm -hmm. the positive impact it has on students. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the way I'll answer that is to talk about one of the studies that shows that if, a, if children have three years in a row of Montessori, it has the ability of wiping away any academic or performance difference based on socioeconomic class. And I think that's a really important thing for us to keep in mind. That's one of the very few things that has shown a real difference in closing that gap. And, and well, from an academic standpoint, w what are you looking for uh, um, from an from a administrative level when you're looking at growth and, and learning with the children? Yeah, it's interesting. We were just talking about how you measure growth in a Montessori classroom. Um, one of the things that we look for are some of those soft skills as well as the academic skills. Independence is one of the one of the greatest gifts that we can give to children, and Montessori education does that. But they in a Montessori classroom, you learn concepts before you learn the abstract version of those concepts, and mm -hmm. so the students they absorb those things in a much deeper level. And so that's really what we're looking for is that the, the growth of the child, are they exploring what they're ready to explore and are they doing it independently? And um, the academic progress of that kid is very, it's very individual, but it has really good results. Uh, what's, what's the board looking for as a result uh, when, when, when you're putting together um, a, a master vision to maximize 
the learning window for the, for the young people at Montessori School. So when we're from the board level, we're looking at it more in a way of like running a business. We want to make sure that when there's that waiting list that we can, uh, we can reach more families. Uh, I know there are a lot of families out there that would love this method and we want to be able to grow our capacity not financially, but with space and the resources to provide the best environment possible and give our teachers the best tools possible. One example I'll, I'll give just drawing the differences and the distinctions for your listeners on the Montessori method. I'll give from my parent perspective when I first came. So when you go into a traditional classroom, um, there are desks lined up and they're faced all towards the front, towards that teacher mm-hmm. who's providing all that information. When I went into the Montessori classroom, there was no environment like that. There were different areas around the room where groups of children were learning, where you would find a six-year-old teaching a three or four-year-old how to count appropriately or how to use their pencil or how to do this. Uh, We put a a strong emphasis on that collaboration. Kids learn not only by doing, um, but by also showing others and teaching others how to do it. It reinforces that for them and it gets them, and ultimately at the end of the day in Montessori, we're trying to instill that personal responsibility and that personal desire to learn and engage. Kids naturally want are curious about the world around them. And so we prepare that environment in a way that they can go towards areas that interest them, but then that guide is in that classroom to steer them in the right direction. So it's not just all, all fun times, but they're actually learning things and, mm-hmm. and teaching each other. Well, I found that to be really inspiring. And, and, and as a head of school, um, I don't want to say how does it make your job easier, but, but, but how, do you, how do you measure accomplishment and growth? From the student. With, with this particular model. So the, the teachers measure accomplishment and mm-hmm. growth, and they do that by observing. In, in a Montessori classroom, as Wayne mentioned, you won't really see the teacher in the front of the room talking to all the students. Instead, a lot of times you'll see the teacher off by him or herself just keeping data and observing students. And the students are the ones that are driving the learning for themselves. Mm -hmm. The teacher collects data on how well a student is doing a particular activity and then determining if they're ready to go to the next level and look at the the next activity in that series. Now, um, a critical role, and we we had a conversation yesterday in uh, uh, our Bush tea, we got we got Bush tea discussion that we we have uh, once a week, and we were speaking about uh, education and um, the unfortunate incident that took place in Virginia with the with the student ending up with a weapon and all that stuff. Um, our biggest concern is that you don't want children to be advancing too fast; that they are now living a, a, 50, a 14, 15 year old life at the age of seven and eight. So how do we, you know, keep things within the confine of growth? Because, you know, when you hear children having access to a gun at the age of six, that's, that's crazy. I mean, that's, not, that, I mean, your situ- that's, that's, a, that's an abstract and a unique situation. But at the same time, I wanted to bring this up because we don't want to accelerate growth and learning to the point where the, 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 we are truncating those windows, right? And they're missing out. We want them to take the steps because experience is the best way to learn. Right. So in our school, we have a lot of time that we spend a lot of time outside and there's a lot of talk about nature. Mm. We have a shade house where kids grow plants. Okay. Um, we talk about the care of animals and uh, Montessori is peace education. 
it, the whole idea is to make the world a better place through educating kids in a certain way. And that's what Montessori is all about. So while we want to allow kids to grow and learn at their rate, whatever that rate is, and some of it is fast, mm-hmm. um, we, we don't want to provide an environment that encourages kids to, to grow in ways that aren't appropriate for their ages. Some, some of those maturity or adult kind of behaviors. Mm-hmm. That, those are the kind of things that we don't invite into our school. Okay. And, that's good. Yeah. That, that, that's good. And, and Mr. Huddleston, from a, from a board uh, standpoint, um, Ms. Cole mentioned that you're incorporating a sixth grade. So that means Montessori is actually... Right. Yeah, this, right. This, is, this is tangible expansion we're talking about here. Right, growing. Yeah. Um, well, I, I touch upon that, and I want to touch about what you asked earlier. That's an important question. How in Montessori do we maintain that environment uh, that's safe? And a big part of that that's a little bit different from other schools is our collaboration with parents. It mm-hmm. is very much uh, a collaborative effort to make sure that we are promoting the right environment that enables growth. And so we talk with parents a lot about how do you nurture this environment that we promote in school in your house as well. And we bring the parents into our discussions on our kids. In fact, just yesterday, we had a breakfast where we had 40-something parents all together talking about the school and what's happening. Uh, It's very much a community environment, and we're very particular about selecting families that understand what we're trying to do at Montessori. If they're not, if they're looking for a place to drop off their kid, then it's not not a great fit. Um, You know something as... I don't want to say condescending, but you know, as aloof as that may sound, um, I, I think that's that's the way to go. And, yeah. and actually, that's something that uh, the the Virgin Islands Department of Education should actually be encouraging. Where, yes, where our our primary obligation is to provide a learning um, institution and, a, and and what have you. But you got to be a part. You got to play a part in, in your child's growth. Just don't drop off your child right. and tell and tell the school take care of my child and, and send them back home at four o'clock. Right. Right. Um, so we prioritize that, and we're, we're fortunate being a private school. We can pick uh, who, who's mm-hmm. part of our community, so that helps a lot. Um, but, yeah, it's, we believe it's very important. With regards to our growth, yes, we do plan to add sixth grade and go on on adding a year each year subsequently. Mm-hmm. That is a, a new direction. We found in Montessori that we are preparing our kids. Um, we're setting them up for success. However, when they age out around 10, 11, 12, um, they have to go elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and we we just wanted to provide the best options available that they didn't have to leave if they didn't want to. If they liked our environment, that they could continue to grow with us. And so we are pursuing... So a, this, is, this is the evolution of Montessori. The evolution of Montessori. Okay. Yeah, we're going I, to what's called an IB program. I, I'll talk about later. I like that. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And there's an event coming up as well, right? That yes. we're going to talk about. So we'll yes. take a break. We got um, the Montessori school board and uh, head of school joining us this morning. Be back right after this. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big cowboy hat on. (laughs) He looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Peter Sagal. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. All of us want to know what's going on, but only some of us want to know the why. 
that's where we come in. 1A is a place for the curious, daily conversations for those looking to make sense of our world. I'm Jen White. I hope you'll join me next time for 1A. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. A new year equals new business opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers deposit banking products, business online platforms, and commercial loans. Their SBA lending department offers financing options and access to capital for businesses. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay, 340-773-8500, and one in Peters Rest, 340-713-8500. Bank of St. Croix is an equal housing lender. BankofStCroix.com. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. this and we got Miss uh, Tracy Cole, right? It's Tracy Cole, head of school um, at uh, St. Grand Montessori and of course Mr. Wayne Huddleston. Uh, you're the board chairman or just a board member? The board chair. Board chair uh, uh, for uh, St. Grand Montessori. Before we get back and discussion, some more programming notes. Sunday night, Miss Scarlett and the Duke, Secrets Revealed at 7.30 p.m. on Channel 12 before Marple and Tennyson there was Scarlett, Miss Eliza Scarlett, private detective Kate Phillips, stars as Victorian London's brilliant, beautiful, and first ever female sleuth, with Stu- Stuart Martin as her hot tempered friend, Inspector William the Duke Wellington of Scotland Yard. Season two of the hit masterpiece series presents a cavalcade of investigations, among them the search for a missing drawing by Charles Darwin, a murder that Eliza realizes mimics the plot of a mystery novel, a product poisoning scheme, and a grave ending conspiracy. Now go behind the scenes to learn more about this spellbinding series in Miss Scarlet and the Duke, Secrets Revealed, Sunday night, March 12th, 7.30 p.m. on Channel 12. You know what I'm reading? I noticed this uh, since they started giving me this additional responsibility. <laughs> and I started reading. I said, I was saying to myself, this is like back in school. And <laughs> <laughs> You got to stand up in front of the class and all that We're stuff. Watching. And, and yeah, everybody watching and you got to pronounce things. And you you, you got uh, people listening said he probably pronounced that incorrectly. He, he don't know that <laughs> word. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but, yo, once a man and twice a child. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. By the way, um, Mr. Huddleston, um, of course, you are our SBA guru. How's SBA doing? Doing great. Uh, we got a lot of things uh uh, that we're working on right now, of course, we're working with the territory to try to help with all these recovery dollars coming in and mm-hmm. making sure businesses take advantage of those. We held a contracting workshop where I brought down agencies from GSA and the National Guard and others to promote how to secure those federal contracts. We have another event coming on uh, next week, uh, Friday, which we're calling Path to Prosperity, where we're going to have 
multiple federal agencies, FDIC, Treasury, um, uh, us, SBA, USDA, others talking about all the resources all our federal agencies have. And that's open uh, to anyone uh, to attend. We'd, we'd love to have any business owner there that wants to engage on all these projects that we have going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have just ongoing projects. And also always we have these idle loans out there that are coming due. Uh, certainly, I know a lot of people do forget that those are uh, loans. We had so many things that were grants, but those are loans that are due, and I don't want people to fall behind on those. So if anyone is struggling with that or has any questions on how to pay that back or questions about their loans, they should reach out to me. I want to help them. And quickly, um, didn't a majority of the PPP loans end up being forgiven? Uh, yes. I think in our territory, it was 97, 98%. Wow. Yes. That's a solid that's, percentage. That's a lot. And because that was a lot of money. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's good to hear. And you do some work with the SBDC, right? Which is different from SBA, but the Small Business Development Council. That's, that's a UVA thing, right? It is. It's different. Yeah. SBA funds the program. It's mm-hmm. an SBA program technically, but mm-hmm. we provide the funds to UVI to administer the program. So we work closely with them. They're a partner of ours. We just provide oversight. And a little bit of uh, EDA as well? EDA, we provide a small amount of funding to EDA, but they're mm-hmm. largely funded by the territory. Uh-huh. We work with them as partners, of course. We're all working for the same goal to improve the economy, so mm-hmm. we stay in touch. That's what I'm talking about. So, yeah. And, and, and Ms. Cole, uh, sorry, but I had to take advantage of that little couple of minutes to I understand. Ma- max out you know, Wayne being here and all that good stuff. So <clears throat> as a, as a uh, head of school, as an administrator, talk a little bit about what Wayne mentioned where you don't want your parents just dropping off the children and thinking, okay, that's home away from home. Do what, do what you want with them, and then I'll, I'll pick them back up at 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Talk about how significant it is for parents to be involved in art. Is, is it a Montessori principle that you're calling parents, not just because the child may have a problem, but you want to establish that solid line of communication to let them know what's going on at the school? It absolutely is. Uh, Education is about the whole child, Mm -hmm. not just the child between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. It's the whole child. And so whatever we're teaching at the school, whatever the student is learning at the school, we want those things um, to continue into the home life. It's all about independence and allowing your, your child to do the things that your child can do. Sometimes we do things for kids that we don't need to do for them. They Mm -hmm. can do it for themselves. And so we really encourage all of those same kind of behaviors at home. We do parent education events where we bring parents in and teach them about the Montessori method. We also have parent observations where they can come into the classroom and see what we're doing in there because it is different than what most people have experienced in their lives. So we want them to know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. We engage with the parents a lot. It's our school. It's everybody's school. And um, are parents receptive to that? They are. I, I mean, you know, it's like everything. Everything's on a continuum. We have some parents who are very, very involved. Um, we have some parents who are partners in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a lot of our work is done through parent committees, and we have some very involved, very helpful and um and engaged parents. And we have some parents that are a little bit less engaged and we have to encourage them to be engaged in the whole process and that's okay too. We're all at a different place. Mm-hmm. You got young parents? We, uh, have, we yeah. have some young parents. Yeah, and, and um, do, do you have instances where sometimes parents are reaching out to you and, uh, uh, at, for, at the school for some guidance as well um, uh, with respect to um, what they should be providing from an after-school standpoint? 
We do. We the so in a Montessori school, you talked about the difference between principal and head of school. Mm-hmm. Um, we call our teachers guides mm-hmm. because they're guiding the process, and so a lot of those conversations happen directly between the guide and the parents. And there is a lot of a lot of conversation back and forth um, about the best the best things for each individual kid. So yeah, Mr. Huddleston, I saw you shaking your head when I asked that question. Was there something about that question that? Uh... Yeah, it made me think back to when it when it clicked for me in Montessori. So I initially was looking for a place close where I trusted that I thought would be great for my child. So I sent him there. Um, and I didn't really know much about what was happening in the classroom. And I would get these kind of fuzzy kind of descriptions of how they're teaching the whole child and they're teaching life skills and those types of things. Well, then I went and I did what we call observations. We asked parents to come in and sit in for 30 minutes once a semester or so to just observe, not interact. And I walked into that classroom and it blew me away. All the kids were very quiet. They were working on their own projects and they were teaching one another. And I was there during lunchtime and one of the kids came up and was very polite. Mr. Huddleston, can I get you some water? And then I watched my child, of course, wow. he puts a napkin on his lap. They're arranging the, the stuff. They all have their jobs. They're preparing food. And I immediately talked to my uh, guide afterwards. I want to replicate this at home. When he comes home, he's running around crazy and... And so she, in a way, was not only guiding my child, but guiding me on how to create a peaceful environment that helps my child focus and become a better adult. And that that hooked me on Montessori. Wow. Wow. So um, we got some hospitality folk uh, (laughs) (laughs) at the Montessori school. And here we are. We're a hospitality destination. destination. So that's a good thing, Uh, Madam Head of School. You're actually teaching them home life in addition to educating. We do. It's it's part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And so everything is designed that is um, prepared for a child. Everything's a little bit smaller, but they have little pictures that are all breakable so that they can learn how to pour water into a cup and they can learn how to serve their friends and, and people that they love. So, yeah, it is definitely part of the curriculum. Okay, good. No, I saw you came in with your binder. Um <laughs> Is there anything on the on the binder that, that you wanted to share with us? Because I, I can only ask with so many questions. So if you will, I'm, I'm going to yield to you now so you could talk about the whole circle, the rainbow of things that you do uh, at Montessori School. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I brought that I really wanted to talk about is our growth plan. Mm-hmm. We are a Montessori school, um, as we talked about, ages 3 to 12. Mm-hmm. And next year we're growing by adding a sixth grade for 11 and 12 year olds. And that sixth grade is going to be an international baccalaureate program. We are currently pursuing international baccalaureate candidacy. And so that's a process. It's an internationally known- Define that for the listeners and and the hosts. Okay. So international baccalaureate is an internationally known and recognized program. Um, They have programs for young kids, middle-aged kids and high school kids. And when you graduate with an international baccalaureate diploma, it comes with a lot of benefits for the kid. But the process, the education is also very beneficial. It's about international mindedness. It teaches kids how to learn instead of just teaching them the content. The two, Montessori and international baccalaureate go really well together, but it is a very rigorous program when you become accredited international baccalaureate organization does a lot to make sure that you are keeping the quality really high to their standards so it is a really um a a really rigorous program 
and also really good for kids. Um, I went to a graduation at the Montessori School in St. Thomas in 2019. One of my summer students graduated that year. And there was a name that was associated with it as well. Well, at, at Vimsey, over on St. Thomas, Peter Gruber. Peter Gruber, yeah. And yeah. he was a major donor over okay, on St. Thomas. He's a major donor. Yes. Okay, no, no, Peter Gruber. That name sounds familiar. That's the same guy who's a, a movie maker or something. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah that, that name sounds familiar. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look that up. But, but how does that work? Uh, so you, you become a donor, and as a result... You get name recognition or? Well, at that school, um, yeah. and he was a very significant donor. And if someone gave us mm -hmm. enough money, we would put their name <laughs> on our school as well. I was hoping you'd say yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 like, I like that. But it does not affect curriculum and no. all that stuff, right? No, not at all. I just want to make that clear. Correct. Okay, okay. Okay, that's good. Uh, anything else on, on the rainbow of growth uh, uh, and the Montessori way? Um, that you want to talk about? We haven't talked about our gala. Yeah, yet. yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, let, let's 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 hit that. Um, how long have you been in effect? Um, well, you've only been there uh, within a year, but to your knowledge, to the best of your knowledge, how long has Montessori School been in? in so, Saint Croix Montessori was founded in two thousand six. Okay. And it was a group of parents and teachers that came together. Feel free to jump in, Wayne, mm -hmm. if I misspeak. It was a group of um, teachers and parents who came together and wanted to bring provide a Montessori education to children over the age of six because at that point all of the Montessori schools on St. Croix only went from ages three to six. Okay. And so it was developed for that reason. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so the gala event is when, where, and what are we hoping to raise, raise funds and all that stuff. So what are we trying to do? So the, the gala event, it's uh, an international adventure which is kind of a nod to our growth and uh, the international baccalaureate side of our growth. And it's going to be at um, uh, the Botanical Gardens. They donated the space to us, so thank you, St. George Botanical Gardens. Okay, yeah, that's nice. And mm -hmm. uh, it'll be on March 25th, and you could go to um, stxmontessori.com slash gala mm -hmm. to buy tickets, and we're hoping to raise $50,000. Okay, okay. And that's at the St. George Village Botanical Garden. Mm -hmm. That's three weeks, from, two weeks from tomorrow. Yes. You excited? I am excited. <laughs> I'm excited and nervous. <laughs> and as a board. Oh, yeah, we're excited. Yeah, that's yeah. It's a big key to starting to you mm -hmm. know fund our growth and to IB. You know, one example I, would, I do want to put out about IB, I'll, I'll show, give you the hook for IB for me as well. One of our parents um, had a child, and I don't think he'd mind me sharing the stories on a board, uh, had a child that grew up here, very smart kid, went to school here. He's now looking at universities in the state of Missouri. And one of the things he learned as his child was looking at these uh, different universities and scholarships. Of course, we're all finding, well, as parents, we're struggling to find ways to pay for college. They have what's called a, a governor's scholarship, and you have to have very high scores on standardized tests to even uh, be considered for those scholarships. But at that school and at many other schools across the country, they have a policy that says, if you graduated from an IB program, we know the rigor of that program is so good, we don't care what your score is. We're not even going to look at it. You will get this scholarship, and wow. we'll just give it to you. Wow. That wow. put a hook into me that we're, we're, on, the, we're on the right path there. So. <laughs> no, that, that, that's good. Now, now, let's get back to, to the, 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 the enrollment, right, at, at 45. Um, at what point do you, do you uh, put a cap in place because you're not focused on quantitative, you're into qualitative. 
right? Now, right. quantitative is good, but you don't want to lose any of the quanti- qualitative value of what you're trying to provide. So in a Montessori environment, the students are working very independently, and the goal is to get them to reach the state of concentration, where they're really focused on the work they're doing. Once they're in that state of concentration, you don't interrupt them. So Montessori environments require a lot of space, and that's what typically determines how many students we can accept into a program, is making sure that they all have space to put their mat on the floor, spread their work out, and have some privacy and quiet to really get to that state of concentration. It's all about space for us. And you want to talk? Yeah, no, it is all about space, and that's a big part of our uh, strategy to grow. We want to have more space to accommodate more kids on our waiting list. We, we feel bad that there are kids and families that want to be a part of this special environment that we have that we can't accommodate right now. So we are trying to partner not only with the other Montessori schools in this mm-hmm. territory, but other schools and other families that will help us realize our growth potential and find that space that can accommodate everyone. And I, while we were talking, I, I did some research. This is a different Peter Gruber. Mm-hmm. The, this one who actually supported the Montessori way, he was born in Budapest. Wow. Born in Hungary, yeah. And uh, uh, his parents escaped to India. He and his parents escaped to India three months before the Second World War engulfed Europe. Wow. 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 And then wow. Uh, he created, started a foundation. Um, his wife was a, a former psychologist. And um, that's what they do. Wow. Cosmetology, genetics, neuroscience, young scientists awards for science, obviously. And, and they said... Peter and Pat Gruber have partnered with the Virgin Islands Montessori School and International Academy to advance global education for youth uh, in the Virgin Islands. So the Montessori, the Virgin Islands Montessori way, right, um, is really about growth, right? It is, and sound growth, not just growth for the sake of growth, but sound growth. And 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 I like the the way you talk about space. It's a it's a space determines right. how you go about. Uh, uh, Addressing your enrollment, and and that's the, that's I think we tend to take that for granted. Of course, you know the government they don't have that ability. If somebody wants to learn, and we have an obligation to to provide education for our children. But in your case, you can be selective based on the amount of space that you have. We can, but we also want more space so that we can have. <laughs> I mean, Montessori education yeah. makes a big difference in a person's life, yeah. and we want to provide that opportunity to more students on this island. No, that's I, our goal. Yeah, I'm, I'm ecstatic about this as we, we go to the break, and, and, I, and I'm going to tell you why, and then I'm allow you to respond after we come back from the break, because um, we went through, I don't want to say economic hell, but we went through a, a significant economic downturn when the refinery shuttered in 2012. It actually forced schools like Good Hope and, and Country Day to have to merge. So I want to talk a little bit about that, if it's okay with you, sure. when we come back from the break. We got the Montessori way here and analyze this this morning. Uh, Mr. Uh, Wayne Huddleston, and uh, he's the board chair, and Ms. Tracy Cole, head of school. Be back right after this. Listening to the wings of a monarch butterfly. What a magical thought. They arrive here on the Day of the Dead, which we celebrate here in Mexico. And a lot of the indigenous people believe that it's the souls of their ancestors that are returning. You know? And it's very spiritual. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. 
the Forum USBI and the St. John School of the Arts are proud to present the Escher String Quartet with Terrence Wilson. Friday, March 10th at the St. John School of the Arts beginning at 7.30 p.m. and on Saturday, March 11th beginning at 8 p.m. at the Prior Jollock Hall on the Antilles campus. The Escher String Quartet has received acclaim for its musical insight and rare tonal beauty and soloist Terrence Wilson is one of the biggest pianistic talents to emerge in the U.S. over the last 25 years. The Prior Jollet Courtyard opens at 7 p.m. on Saturday with fare from Amalia Cafe. For more information, theforumusbi.org, 646-725-3353, or theforumusbi at gmail.com. I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX-FM 93.1. And we're back here and analyze this. And uh, just to let you know, um, the USVI Soccer Association presents the 2022-2023 USVI Soccer Association's Men's Premier League Club Championship. That's two games tonight and then two games uh, on Sunday at 6.30 tonight. Um, New Vibes versus Rovers. And then at 8.30, uh, Hellenites versus UWS. Okay, that's tonight at the Bethlehem uh, Soccer Complex here on St. Croix, 6.30 and 8.30. And then on Sunday, right, we got a third-place match. That's for the, the two teams that, were, that won't be successful tonight. We're not going to use that L word tonight. Uh, the two teams that weren't successful tonight, they'll be battling for third place at 2 o'clock, right? And then uh, the two teams that win tonight, right, they'll be playing for the championship at 4 p.m. on Sunday. Right, so tonight, 6.30 and 8.30, right? And then, uh, excuse me, sir? You got that. Um, uh, for those who want tickets, right, Eventbrite uh, is where you can get them at, okay? 6.30 tonight, um, the first match, and then at 8.30, the second match. And then uh, we'll take a day off so they could catch themselves tomorrow. And then Sunday afternoon, right, at 2 and 4 p.m. Third place match at 2 p.m., 4 p.m., uh, the championship match, the U.S. Soccer, USVI Soccer Association championships taking place uh, tonight. Now, uh, back here um, with uh, the Montessori um, leadership, all right? So, um, gala event, the 25th, right? right? Mm-hmm. All nervous, can be dressed up and all that stuff. Heels. Going to be dressed up. Look, looking lovely and all that stuff and hoping to raise some money. Um, and then... Uh, you're taking this next step in the evolution of Montessori, which is a sixth grade. And when I think about this, um, back in the day, um, I'm sure you've driven uh, in the Cyan Hill area and you see Freeway Baptist School. Mm-hmm. They did the same thing. you know. They actually started with smaller grades and before you know it, um, they realized that um, their enrollment 
the parents really they want to send their school someplace right. else. You know what I'm saying? So you take that next step. Um, how do you go about, because now when you get to 6th, 7th, 8th grade, at that point, in, uh, curriculum is very, very important. Um, we, you know, Having gone through education, all of us, uh, when we look back at uh, our years in, in grade school, 7th, 8th, and ninth grade are really the critical years. So are you prepared to deal with this evolution? Because you're going one grade at a time. You said that's that's the plan, right? Right. right. Um, that's 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 a big step, Miss Cole. So we're growing one grade at a time, mm-hmm. so that we can prepare with our students. We're not doing all three at once, mm-hmm. but also we we need to provide them with. But, but this this particular sixth grade class is going to be very very important because that will determine how well you can get the next level with seventh grade, right? That's it's, right. It's a pilot class. Yeah, right. and yeah. it will determine if we can get authorized to be IB. We'll just be a candidate school mm-hmm. next year. So it is a big year, and we're capping it at a very small number of students. Okay. Our goal is to keep sort of a core that is students who have grown up in our school to maintain the kind of culture that we have. Mm-hmm. That's really important to us. And then that core group of students can continue on through those grade levels and and help us to maintain that really healthy environment and culture that we have at our school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is very important. Every year is important. Montessori said that ages three to six were the most important. Um, Those those very formative years, actually zero to six. If you think about how much a a human being learns from the time they're born to the time they're age six, Mm -hmm. that's a lot. No, 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 no. I agree with that. Uh, (laughs) But but the actual classroom setting, the the, the transitioning, the um, it's like college, right? The, the first the first year, everybody pretty much takes the same classes, and then you start working towards your specialty in second, third, and, f- and fourth years of college. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's again, one one of the reasons that we're so interested in international baccalaureate mm-hmm. is it is a pro- proven method. It's international. It it works really well for kids all over the world. And, and I would think it would it would be a natural fit here in the Virgin Islands, right? Because right. We're half American, half West Indians, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Just, just from that, you know, raw perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you excited about this? I'm very excited. This, 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 this ve- one grade per year approach? I'm very excited. You know, I was thinking as we were talking about Montessori, when you, when you talk to people that are involved in Montessori, oftentimes, especially when you talk to the certified teachers that live it every day, they get very evangelical in the way they talk about Montessori and truly believe that if more communities embrace Montessori and more families and children had an opportunity to have that method with them, that the world would be a better place, be more peaceful, be more um, just progressive. We'd be able to accomplish more as society if we had more Montessori children. I'm beginning to get the same way about IB. And when I research IB and see the difference it makes and the rigor it provides children and how it prepares them for life after, uh, before college and then afterwards, I get just as excited about it. So uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm not just confident. I know it's going to happen here on St. Croix. We've, mm-hmm. we've seen it happen on St. Thomas. We have a lot of resources. We have a lot of people who believe in this. Um, and it's going to happen. And really excited about it. Now, now two things that I want to, uh, to talk about. Um, in the last six, seven minutes of this conversation. Number one, uh, one of our pet peeves here on Analyze This is that um, our students are not utilizing our libraries as much as they should. And the reason for that, you know, we got cell phones that have everything on it, is 
What's what's the Montessori perspective with respect to libraries, its importance, and how you could incorporate the use of our libraries into your fold? So libraries are very important, and it actually is a requirement of IB. And so part of our growth process is to build um, a a deeper, richer library. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of books at our school, but now we're ready to expand out beyond what we even have. So understanding all the resources that are available to us is a really important concept for kids to, un to, to grasp. And our libraries that are here on the island are an important source for information and, and learning. No, no. One of our problems with all libraries is availability. You know, we're struggling. Right. A lot of some of them are closed. They got, um, um, reconstruction projects and all that stuff. Um, as, as SBA, and, and one of the things I had this conversation with um, Commissioner Oriel, because, you know, the Department of Planning and Natural Resources is actually where our libraries fall under. Um, he said um, they're actually waiting for a contractor to finish a job so they can start that work. So, you know, you're pretty much admitting that we're limited in terms of accessing the necessary contracting work to get jobs done. Uh, that has to be a disappointment, though. Uh, just thinking about that and speaking about it in that context, right? Because, you know, we need our libraries open. We do. and But there are so many projects going on. With all these federal funds coming yeah. in after disaster to rebuild, there are almost more contracts and more opportunities than we have businesses that, that can fill them. And yeah, so it and that's, that's something that everywhere. the ODI director has said. Right. You know? Yeah. All right. But, it's, but we're trying our best. In fact, one of the reasons the impetus for bringing so many con uh, federal agencies down for contracting is uh, I just, uh, last fall, I had to remodel my office at SBA. Mm -hmm. And so I asked GSA, I don't pay it. We, we contract with GSA to remodel our office. And they sent some people in. And it was a business from Puerto Rico. So I called GSA and said, no offense, but we have plenty of business owners here on this territory yeah, to, to do that. And I, I want to understand why you feel you need to go to Puerto Rico. He's like, well, I just can't find them. So I said, well, you come down here and I'll fill a room with those people and you help them understand how to secure those contracts. But there's just there's just so many contracts out there right now. Uh, and uh, I'm glad, you know, I know we're supposed to be talking about the story, but this actually shows that everything we do is integrated. Right. You know what it I'm saying? And, 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 and we need that. Here, here's a question I want to ask. How do we know that we're not, uh, I don't want to say overdoing it, but pushing too much on children at a particular time? Because... You know, you, there's a balancing act that we need to focusing on. So we need to focus on in terms of we want them to learn as much as possible, but we don't want overload. I think that's the that's the right term there. How do we go about making sure that, you know, we're within the confines of of, of something that uh, is not, you know, pretty much, you know, um, getting the children to want to process too many things. Even though they're inquisitive at that young age, they want to learn a lot of things. But at some point, you gotta, you know, rein them in. And that kind of is the Montessori way. In, okay. in, in a Montessori school, the guide follows the child and the child teaches the guide what they're ready to learn. And so the risk of that happening in a Montessori environment, it's, it's low. And, and that's exactly what the Montessori environment specializes in. And I like to just add on it. it mm -hmm. It's about, in a way, you know, in our world, we have so many distractions now with the phone. And as kids grow up, yes, they won't go to a library because they have the whole world at their fingertips mm -hmm. on their phone. There's so many distractions out there and kids can dive into this world of distraction. And that's where Montessori makes a difference. So instead of 
at an early age, a child looking outwardly to see what they need to learn and what they need to be told and what they need to look at, we instill at that early age, you, you're going to grow up in a complex world, but you need to internalize what is important and how you minimize those distractions yourself and take that responsibility. Now, now one of the things about the library, though, and I, I know we're supposed to be talking about Montessori, but I, I think Montessori is really what is, is, is like a library approach. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, a library isn't just about going there to do research. It's also about um, physical and emotional discipline because there's a you got to discipline yourself. It's a quiet, quiet. setting. You know yes. what I'm saying? So, so I, I think that should be something that we should encourage as to why they should go to the library because it's not just about a learning thing. It's about a, a physical discipline. Right. It's the, about the environment around the you. Environment. That's, yes. that, that, that's, 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 that's the term there. Yep. Um, and and I'm, I'm pushing libraries. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I could be, you know why? Because I believe we have a literacy problem in the Virgin Islands. Yes. And I think reading at a young age and at the library is an ideal setting for reading and building sound reading skills. I don't know. I'm sure you probably feel the same. I don't want to speak for you, but I would think that, that that's Montessori, isn't it? I'm a big fan of libraries. Mm. I'm, I'm right with you on okay. that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay, that's good. So um, what's up after the gala? What are you looking for? Closing out the school year and, and, and anticipating a sixth grade come, come August, September? Yeah, a little bit. You know, um, we're very interested in starting a scholarship endowment. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things I said is we want to make this available to more students on the island, and we're dedicated to doing that. So some of the money that we earn will go straight into an endowment so that we can start providing scholarships and open the door to, to kids that um, for whom Montessori is a good fit. Okay, okay, that's, that's good. Um, what do you promote for the summer times for your students? We have That's a, important. People think, people think, okay, school's closed. Do what you want. Check me back in August. No. What, right. what, what are you suggesting for summertime? So we do provide a summer program at our school, and we okay. actually just had a meeting about that because um, we are growing this year and potentially um, looking at larger spaces mm -hmm. and things like that. And so we had a conversation. Do we have a summer program this year because there's so much going on and teachers are going to be really busy preparing their classrooms and um, unanimously every guide, every teacher involved in our school said, yes, we need to still have a summer program. It's important to the kids. Um, it's a little bit different than what we offer during the school year, but mm -hmm. it's all about experiences, going out and experiencing things that they might not otherwise experience and, and, and looking for the, the areas that they, that they love. Okay, good. Ms. Cordo, it was a pleasure meeting you this morning. Thank you. It's nice and, to meet and, you. And continue success at the Montessori School and the Montessori Way here on St. Croix. Anything in closing you want to say? Well, I want to say happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and you were a great birthday guest. I, appreciate, I, really, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a reader, you know, so anything that got to do with education, that's me. You know what I'm saying? That, that's my thing. So I, I'm glad that Nelly hooked me up. Oh, uh, we're great, good, great guests like yourself, and uh, success with the with the gala on the twenty fifth. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, I, my friend. I just want to say one last thing. I, I do want to say, and I don't want to embarrass uh, uh, Tracy, but we'd like to celebrate each other around here. For anyone who's listening and wants to call the school, you can always call and ask for Tracy. But after this week, do not ask for Tracy Cole <laughs> because she is getting married tomorrow, and so Ooh. we're very excited about that. Congratulations! Thank you. I'm happy Thank for you. you. That's awesome. Yes. I'm happy for me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Congratulations, and uh, 
uh, wish you well, man. Thank um, you. Yeah, man, take that vow tomorrow and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Thank you. So you good? Everything good? good? Great. Yes. Okay, good. Thank and, you for having and, us. Yeah, I know. Uh, looking forward to having you back um, because you're going to talk about sixth grade, right? So we're going to get you on um, sometime when the school year starts and uh, tell us about that experience and how it uh, how it's going. We'd we're, appreciate that. We're excited to do that. And if we get our Peter Gruber on this island, <laughs> then we'll talk about yeah, that person man. too. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> but most definitely... Um, uh, I want to thank uh, Mr. Kyle Fleming uh, for joining me for the Power Hour uh, in, in our number one. Uh, great discussion there. And then, of course, um, Nellie really hooked me up with uh, the Montessori School folk uh, joining us and the Montessori Way. And, you know, to, uh, learn today that um, space is the prerequisite for the Montessori Way. That's that's awesome. You know, I, 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 I never look at it like that. I just know, you know, coming from a... Well, I went to a parochial school, but and I went to a public school... Um, <coughs> With like three out of my 12 years and um, it's just about learning back in the day we assume everything but in your case I like the notion that space is actually uh, a determining factor don't forget uh, tonight uh, soccer games at 6.30 and 8.30 respectively uh, at the Bethlehem soccer field tickets at Eventbrite and then uh, the, the the two teams that are unsuccessful <laughs> they play uh, in the third place match uh, at 2 o'clock on Sunday and then the two teams that are successful tonight they'll play in the championship match uh, at 4 p.m. Uh, on Sunday so you know something I want to thank all my um, listeners uh, you make the show uh, what it is um, thanks for all the text messages throughout the show with the birthday blessings I appreciate you and um, looking forward to being here uh, and analyze this for as long as possible you know what I'm saying uh, I got great audience great guests like the Montessori folk today and Kyle Fleming uh, earlier on, we spoke with the National Weather Service as well. So, enjoy your weekend, and we'll be here on Monday, God willing. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Hi, I'm Peter Sangle. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. If it's happening around the world... NPR's Frank Langfitt is in London covering this one. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Cuba is experiencing its biggest anti-government protests. If it's happening here at home... On a blistering hot day in Twin Falls, Idaho... On the northeast border of Mississippi, where the river nourishes rich and green... Morning Edition from NPR News will take you there, wherever the story is. Listen every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. Here on WTJX FM 93.1.